0: Hello everyone, Happy New Year and welcome back to the Construction Approach to Animal Welfare and Training Podcast. We are your hosts, I am Masa.
1: Happy New Year everybody, and I am Sean.
0: We hope that you are cuddled up with your animal companions and ready for this exciting episode. Before we begin, we have a couple quick announcements. We are planning a two-day webinar at the end of March. And we have an amazing guest speaker for everyone, Morgan Katz, who is the Director of Behavior Services for Multiple Adoption Centers in the Boston area. This webinar will help to make constructional affection more clear by sharing several detailed examples of how the procedure can be applied to multiple situations. In this webinar, we will welcome our English audience and Japanese audience together for the first time. We will have more details in February, so please check our website at caawt.com or our CAUT Facebook page to register, find more information on our amazing guest speaker and details about the presentations our last announcement is that our Patreons at sponsor and superfan levels will have access to this webinar for free. So if you're interested, please visit patreon.com forward slash C-A-A-W-T for more information. In today's episode, we will quickly review the big topics from last year's podcast and share with you all what to expect this year. With this new year, we have lots of new surprises in store. So Sean, let's begin.
1: Yeah. So here we are in 2021. It, it almost doesn't seem real that we've actually been podcasting now for over a full year.
0: I know.
1: Um, the, the topics that we have covered have been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And y- y- we've kind of covered a whole lot of stuff. You know, since we actually first started. And, and I feel like this whole year we've been kind of trying to piece together episodes that that laid a good foundation that might be able to be good references to come back and check out in a later time, especially concerning the types of topics that we're wanting to start extending ourselves out to. And, you know, some of the big topics, you know, our very first episode that we did January
0: 2020. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> that was a that was a pre-COVID world. It, it almost right? seems like a dream looking back at going to the library at FIT mm-hmm. and using that really cool podcast studio it was our very first location to actually work from.
0: And it was like we went almost like every other day just to put ourselves into that studio yeah (laughs) like us in the studio itself was so reinforcing to us right you know
1: if if you guys get a chance you can go to our our patreon web (laughs) page and look at some pictures we uploaded it was a really cool studio and it had a an all-glass front that Mm -hmm. looked out into this really cool um science section of the library that they had where they had like 3d printers and fancy ai computers and things like that but in that all glass window, like sometimes we would actually have people kind of sitting out there <laughs> watching us podcast. So, so we even had a, our own like live in studio audience <laughs> for some of that. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was fun.
1: It was a lot of fun. But um, in that very first episode that we did out there, it was an introduction to the constructional approach. And I wanted to make sure that we kind of came back and, and talked about that for a minute because the constructional approach is what underlies everything that we're doing. You know, the, the other procedures that we've touched base on, you know, constructional affection and CAT, those are just some practical applications of this approach that really has a much wider spread, you know, applicability than than just those two procedures that we've talked about. And um, not to reveal too much, that is going to be kind of the awesome new direction that we're looking to push the show. But I wanted to spend a moment talking about the constructional approach just real quickly and, you know, hitting some of the big bullet points for maybe anyone new that's listening. And and we also just kind of gave a plug for anyone that wants to go back and reference it to go back and check out episode one if you want some more detailed information on this. Um, And also feel free to send us a message.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. Yeah, so the construction approach builds behavior. It builds behavior rather than eliminating, decreasing the behavior that you don't want to see. So we focus on, we do not focus on undesirable behavior. We focus on behavior that we can start building from.
1: Yeah. You know, from the constructional approach, you know, from that point of view, we would, you know, look at a uh, problem behavior as actually being a symptom right, right. Of, of another issue. You know, it, it's the symptom of that there's, there's not a different repertoire that the, that the animal or our learner has to obtain some kind of critical consequence that's important to them.
0: Right. So, for example, with construction affection, if they are jumpy, they are telling us through that behavior they want something mm-hmm. so bad, which is affection in this case, right? Yeah. It's a symptom. It's telling us something.
1: And then the solution is always to give them a more desirable way to get that same reinforcer that they're after. And in that way, that helps to maintain that behavior under future natural circumstances because it's working directly with the consequence and the contingency that is actually important to our animal or our learner. That's right. And the constructional approach in that episode, we covered four big questions that kind of guides that approach.
0: So that is, where are you now? Mm -hmm. Where do you want to go? Where are you going to get? How are you going to get from where you are now to where you want to go? And then what will maintain for you going to your goal?
1: Yeah. And And I remember in that episode, we we spoke about that maintaining consequence because that's a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. You know, we always want to make sure that we're providing the actual consequence that's important to the dog. Like in a, uh, in your example, just a minute ago, with a dog jumping on us, if they're jumping on us, we want to make sure that we're actually giving them what they want. You know, that's our interaction, our affection. Um, right. When we add competing contingencies, like giving them food for being on the floor instead of giving them affection for being on the floor, it it actually creates this kind of choice situation where we haven't actually taught them how to interact appropriately. We've just given them a different option. You can sit down and get food treats or you can still jump on the person and get interaction from them.
0: Yeah. And then same with the dog being fearful and aggressive. All they want it's the distance from the object or the people or the other animals that they are afraid or fearful and aggressive towards. That's so right. giving distance is very important for the dog's animal welfare.
1: And, and that hits right to the quality of life aspect. That's right. The animal welfare aspect of it all, which is that we want to make sure that we're teaching them things that actually expands their world and allows them to gain contact and communicate with us. hmm you know, the things that they want, the things that they desire. Right. And it's often when we ignore that or just leave it up to our animals to figure out how to ask for it, that sometimes funny, undesirable behaviors might pop up in there that need to be addressed. Right. And so that's really kind of the, the highlight I wanted to give just real quick on the constructional approach. You know, we're focusing on building behavior and it really utilizes these four steps. So what I would Think it would be really fun for us to make sure that we're focusing on for the year moving forward is really getting more into that animal welfare side of things, and really looking at how animal welfare goes beyond just that—you know, the isolated animal, or or even in an animal shelter or in a zoo—that's still a pretty, you know, a pretty isolated, you know, impact. And start talking more about a more worldly or community view of animal welfare. And looking at it from that point of view really kind of opens us up to look at more than just, like I was saying, the isolated animal and start to examine all the other things that go around it and the entire ecosystem that that animal lives in, because there's many more concerns to addressing animal welfare than just addressing the animals themselves and their behavior. And to kind of help us in this mission, um, you know, I'm going to kind of now jump into a little bit of our future directions and start talking more directly to that point. And, um, you know, Masa and I have actually been spending a lot of time over, uh, over these past couple of months, reaching out to all sorts of individuals and nonprofit org- organizations and some really, really cool animal research labs across the country that do a lot of um, research into animal human interactions to help us investigate a little bit more broadly and across different disciplines, you know, animal welfare and how people look at it, how people measure it, and where some really interesting impacts are being made. And um, that's going to give us a really neat opportunity to actually do some collaborating with some of these individuals and bring a constructional approach. But then also, they're going to be able to talk to us a little bit more in detail about how they're actually already, you know, taking a very constructional approach to the work that they're doing. So it's going to be really exciting to see how the constructional approach applies to this much wider context, because up until now, you and I have really focused on, you know, sharing the constructional approach and how it applies to individual animal training and a little bit into shelters and zoo settings as well. Um, However, as we discussed in the very first episode, the constructional approach was originally developed to help people meet meaningful goals for themselves. And sometimes these individuals might have been suffering from extremely difficult problems, sometimes depression, anger management issues, stuttering, overeating, um, even hallucinatory and delusional behavior. And this approach helped people to get from where they were to this meaningful life goal that they had set for themselves. And we took this same approach and modified it to help out in our animal training and consulting business. And this is a really cool thing, but, but we want to also start now to focus on this wider context, this bigger issue of animal welfare in general. And I don't want this to mislead anyone into thinking that we're no longer going to be doing episodes on, you know, constructional affection or constructional aggression treatment or, or any other, you know, constructional-based animal training programs. Um, that is not the truth. We are going to be talking lots about these things still. And we're actually going to, we have a planned update coming out soon that'll be sharing with all of you guys some of the new things that we've been doing with, with our new doggy, uh, Chew. Um, so we will still be doing that, but we're also going to be sprinkling in a couple of these really neat episodes where we bring in people from other fields and other perspectives and talk about how we are tackling this issue of animal welfare in this very constructional manner. And so it's going to be really neat to see how those four questions that we use in the constructional approach can be applied to this other setting. And, um, you know, just to give you guys a little bit of a sample of what we're thinking about here, I want to share, not going into too much detail or, you know, solving the problem right now, (laughs) but um, I do want to share a little bit of a sample of some of the things that you might see us talking about or hear us talking about. And, um, one is this, uh, the situation with these monkeys, um, in Thailand. And this is a a popular thing that I'm sure some of you folks might've seen on the news or in, you know, TV episodes where you can have these villages, these towns in Thailand where the monkeys, um, are living in the cities, you know, right next to the people, you know, walking down the streets, cruising on the roof lines, just living in the city. And, um, this is likely a result, you know, of, you know, environmental encroachment, you know, on where the monkeys' territory. But nonetheless, they're living together in, in these cities. And um, people will visit, and they will buy from merchants, you know, food. We, we could call it, you know, junk food, you know, really, for the monkeys. And uh, people, tourists, are buying, you know, this junk food and feeding it to the monkeys to have this, you know, experience when they go there with these monkeys. Um, i, I I wanted to say the name of the monkeys, but um, I'm coming up blank here. It <laughs> might have been a golden monkey. I'm not, I probably shouldn't even try at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but these monkeys, <laughs> um, through people coming constantly and feeding them, you know, people started to notice some funny changes in these monkeys. Um, they started noting a lot of hypertension going on, um, you know, monkeys going bald and, and different, you know, various problems. They actually even noticed a population boom with the babies because, you know, these monkeys are no longer having to spend any time foraging for food. They had it easy right there, and and it led to the situation where there was a huge population boom. Um, However, all of that happened, and then COVID hit. And all of a sudden, there are no longer tourists going to the area. So merchants are no longer making money selling this monkey junk food to people, and these monkeys aren't getting fed this food. And now, you know, these monkeys are starving. And it has turned into these all-out wars in the streets in Thailand between competing groups of monkeys fighting over the scraps that are left for them to find in the city. But um, also it's just causing total mayhem in general in the city. You know, these armies of monkeys are just running through, attacking people, stealing food that they have. Um, we, We watched a video Um, not too long ago, where a truck that had these food crates in the back um, was stopped at an intersection. And before you knew it, like a whole swarm of these monkeys are on the truck ripping open the crates, taking the food, engorging themselves. And, you know, a monkey war, you know, erupts right there over the situation. And it's a huge problem. And um, a lot of times in these situations, the Solution to the problem is, is to eliminate it, and that, that is what you and I talk about in the very first episode as being a pathological approach. You see the problem as something to be eliminated, and um, in this case, the solution has been to round up these monkeys uh, one at a time and to then take them to a place where the monkeys can then be sterilized and have time to heal and then the then the people release the monkeys back into the habitat where they found them. And um you know I, I, this this solution is obviously going to be a very tedious one. Um likely by the time I I don't know how long it would take honestly to I mean there's probably tens of thousands if not more of these monkeys out there and and just for me thinking about rounding them up in big enough numbers and sterilizing them to make a difference it it really boggles my mind but um outside of that you know just the feat of capturing these monkeys and and giving them the surgery and putting them back out I, I can see that I can imagine that being very costly as far as you know human work and then you know, also the financial costs involved with it, and then not to mention the, the traumatization that, that may occur to the monkeys that are going through the process. And so something really cool is we're going to talk about these kinds of issues, and we're going to have experts visiting us, and we're going to talk about constructional solutions to these kinds of problems and, and what exactly a constructional approach to that kind of a major problem might look like. And so it's going to be really exciting to explore these kinds of new topics and have special visitors and experts with us to talk about constructional solutions to these kinds of problems.
0: Yeah, so leading to what you can expect moving forward. So like what Sean was mentioning, we will have a guest that are expert in animal welfare from uh, Animal Welfare Lab, looking at what variable is important to solve that kind of monkey problem. I'm sure that there are so many animal welfare issues in the world.
1: And I I could see when you were just saying this, I could see you like biting your lip for a second because I think you were about to try and say a name. Right, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) It's really probably killing both of us not to just go ahead and shout to you guys some of the big surprises that we have coming your way. Um, but this is actually another cool point. Um, you know, One of the other things you can look forward to over this year is a lot of additional content coming um, from our Patreon website. That's right. patreon.com forward slash C-A-A-W-T. And um, on there, you will have all the benefits we've already talked about, but you'll also have an opportunity to get a preview of some of the guests that we have coming your way. And you can read a little bit about them. And depending on your membership level, you can submit a question for us to ask on air, or you might have the opportunity to call in while we have this guest expert with us and talk to them a little bit yourself.
0: Yeah. And also, we have access to free webinar from our podcast sponsor level up, right? That's right. That's very exciting too.
1: That is ridiculously exciting. And these webinars, um, you can't expect to see many more of them coming our way to you guys. Um, Our one coming up soon, as we mentioned, is going to be a really in-depth look into the constructional affection procedure and also how it's been applied in an animal shelter setting through our guest expert, Morgan Katz. So that is something that is going to be really exciting. And um, tied into this, you know, our webinars and also our annual conference now will both be open to our English speaking audience and our Japanese speaking audience. And this is something really exciting to both of us.
0: This is very exciting. One of my dreams come true. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And and we hope that this provides everyone out there a great opportunity to kind of meet with other trainers and other like-minded experts that are across the globe and to kind of collaborate and join together and see what, you know, see what everyone's doing. And you know, see how, how this community can continue to grow.
0: Right, yes. And on top of that, we open up our online group classes and private consultation,
1: right? Yeah, we sure did. And another cool thing coming back to our Patreon is that if you're on our... Uh if, if you're on our highest level, um, which, which is super fan, super fan that's yeah. right. Thank you for saving <laughs> me there. <laughs> if you're on our super fan level, you'll actually be able to get a 20% off discount to our group classes and private lessons. Right. And this is a really cool thing. Um, our group classes are going to be unlike probably any other experience that anyone might have had in a group class environment. We have adapted this remote group class session to where it's probably more effective and more enlightening for the guests than an actual in-person group class. Um, We have an amazing system set up where we're actually reviewing footage together and we're collaborating as a group to kind of problem solve and look at solutions to problems that each of us are faced with. So not only will you get actual help with your problem that you're experiencing, but you'll also get the additional experience of dealing with these other problems and seeing the solutions to them. So I think it'll be a really amazing eye-opening experience for anyone that comes. But then the amazing benefit of coming to a private lesson is that you'll get that same amount of time, but it'll be all one-on-one with you. So if you've got maybe a more pressing personal problem, or maybe if you're dealing with a little bit of animal aggression somewhere, private lessons are definitely going to be the best thing for you.
0: Yeah, so as you can see, we love to engage with lots of people from different countries, having different issues, improving their life and their animal welfare or their community. And one of our mission is to build web community where everybody can talk about, share, encourage, accomplish goals together, support each other. So yeah, we are planning to have a forum where people can share comfortably and safely.
1: That's right and you'll be able to find that forum on our constructional approach to animal welfare and training webpage and that's caut.com c a a w t.com
0: That's right. And we have updated updated our Bailey interview. We have so far 6 Bailey interview. We just published bed b be, be, I, I, be Barrett. Be Barrett, Be Barrett. <laughs> Beatrice H. Barrett's interview, and then Fred Keller is always there uh, waiting for you. So please go and check out and learn from these great giants.
1: That's right. And, and the other really cool thing that we want to share with everybody, this is an update also on something that you've actually already heard us talk about previously. And that's um, our special On the Shoulders of Giants uh, podcast series. And that you'll be able to get through our Patreon, um, through our Patreon page as well. And uh, we're, we're looking at releasing this amazing episode. It's taken a little bit longer than we thought is maybe how I should start this <laughs> off. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, we actually started interviewing just two people that we knew were very close students and friends of Dr. Israel Gold Diamond. And this project has exploded since then. Mm-hmm. We have tracked down relatives of this individual, friends, um, so many people that knew him. And we have gotten their stories, which were... Amazingly beautiful, and I am just so excited to be sharing with all of you guys very soon. But we're hoping that we'll be finished editing all of these amazing interviews and have this brilliant biography ready for you guys this spring. So please keep listening out for that. You know, feel free to pester us if you're wondering where it's at. But our On the Shoulders of Giants series, um, our first episode with Dr. Israel Gold Diamond, will be out very soon, and we are so excited to share this story with you all.
0: Yes. Yes. This marks the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you are looking forward to all of the amazing new content coming your way this year. Our GoFundMe project of digitizing the interviews Marianne and Bob Bailey did with the pioneers of behavior analysis and animal training is still going on. We still have well over 100 interviews to digitize so, please visit our GoFundMe page that we will, put, we will put the link on our description. And donate if you can so that we can all delight and enjoy the history of our field. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast or share it with your friend. Feel free to get more information or reach out to us on our new website, CAUT.com or our Facebook Construction Approach to Animal Welfare and Training, or email us at caawtcontact@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to any of those places if you're interested in joining one of our group classes or private lessons that we are now offering remotely. We cannot wait to virtually meet and connect with you all this year. Thank you so much today. We are your host. I am Masa
1: and I am Sean.
0: Have a wonderful day with your amazing animal companions.